This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, has said on a podcast recently that Toronto has the most attractive women of any city with an NBA team. Hmm. Way to go, Toronto. The only Canadian city. Just a shout out. He was on a podcast and uh, Salim the Dream, who is the host of the podcast, uh, the Full Send podcast is the name of it. He asked him, you've played for a lot of NBA teams. Where do you like most attractive women? Shaq didn't even hear the end of the question. He interjected with a confident Toronto <laughs> and Dallas. So Dallas apparently has, has some good looking ladies, according to Shaq as well. Mm. I don't know what it is about Dallas, but Toronto, it's like the brain drain. Like, every hot girl wants to live in Toronto, right? You know, when you live in Canada. It's the, it's the big smoke. It's a place to, to go. America, there's like, you know, 10 cities you could go and model. Mm-hmm. It's basically only Toronto or Vancouver. Well, not, not, all, not all attractive people are models, Jim. You know that. Yeah, but I mean, if you just want to say which city has a bunch of concentrated, beautiful people, that's part of it. Sure. Models per capita would come into play. Exactly. Definitely. NPCs. The, uh, the podcast host seemed a little surprised. He was like, Toronto, you think? And Shaq said, yeah. Oh, yeah, Toronto's off the chain. He was asked what type of women he likes, and he responded, I'm into nice. Nice people. My thing is, if you treat people with honor and respect, nothing can go wrong. So most attractive and nicest women, possibly, hmm. of any city with an NBA team. Toronto. We'll take it. Yeah. Shaq knows. Knows his stuff. When you watch Inside, Inside NBA, they always talk about they always talk about cities. That, I think it's Shaq who's always ripping on San Antonio, saying San Antonio. No, it's Charles Barkley. He's always saying San Antonio has the worst looking women. I'm just glad we didn't land on that on that list because he's always chirping San Antonio. Ugh. <laughs> That's got to feel great. <laughs> Poor San Antonio. I know. I what just, did they ever do to Charles Barkley? I feel like sometimes they just pick a city to pick on because it's funny. Uh-huh. And San Antonio is that city for Barkley. Yeah. Like we may uh, uh, say a, a, a few things about Windsor from time to time yeah. on this program. Not that we have anything against Windsor. Sometimes you just need a punchline. You punch need a bag. punchline to the joke, right? <laughs> yeah. San Antonio is the Windsor of the United States. <laughs> okay. Uh, listener discretion advised we are about to play some audio from a video that's gone viral i was in stitches last night i was laughing i had tears rolling down my face when i first saw this i hope i'm not building it up too much jim you think i am no i think it's funny it's definitely funny it's immature yeah it's juvenile but it's just how oblivious the people are that the prank is being played on to the fact that they're just right in the middle of something. Yeah, and they don't pick up on it. They have five five different opportunities to realize what's up. They don't want to give too much away here. Um, so just be warned, there is some stuff in here that if you if you let your mind go there, it could sound a little bit dirty, okay? If you've got kids in the car, maybe you want to sit this one out, but... Don't give them any ideas either. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because they could be doing this to their school board. So this is down in Virginia, a boring school board meeting interrupted. What they do is they let people speak to the school board uh, higher-ups, and then they move on to the next speaker. They call the next speaker to the microphone, and there's a list 
that they run down of people who want to speak at the school board meeting. Mm -hmm. So it starts off with this lady speaking. You guys work for us in, in, in this uh, environment. You answer to us, and I'm asking that you do not pass this policy in Virginia. Thank you so much, Ms. Thomas. We do appreciate you. Phil McCracken. Hmm. Phil McCracken. <laughs> A classic. Sulk, Sook, Mahidik. Hello. Ophelia McHawk. <laughs> Ophelia McHawk. Eileen Dover. Ah. Eileen Dover. Ben's sister. <laughs> Don Kiddick. Still going. None of these people are here. Don Kiddick. <laughs> Where's Don? Has anyone seen Don? Don Kiddick. <laughs> Don Kiddick. Wayne Kerr. Wayne Kerr. <laughs> He's from England, I think. Wayne Kerr. Classing it up a bit. Wayne Kerr and his friend Nick. Wayne Kerr. Nick Kerr's. <laughs> Winker and, and, and Nickers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's so funny that they didn't, like, not one person yeah, realized he, what was going on. He just stays the course right through the whole thing. And there's seven Don other board Kiedek. members up there with him. Imagine there really was a Don Kedick, and he <laughs> yeah. just got lumped in. He's like, I'm Don Kedick. <laughs> And Bart Simpson might be behind this this prank. Sounds like it. Yeah, we don't know if it was students. We don't know if it was uh, other parents who were unhappy with the school board. But whoever whoever put those names on the list, kudos to you. You got them. <laughs> I mean, even Mo the bartender picked up on it after one name each time. You're right. I'm going to get you, kid. <laughs> it's Taz and Jim. And you remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about how my son has become obsessed with video games, Jim? Mm-hmm. And I asked Taz and Jim listeners, you guys, I asked you, uh, how much time should a, a kid be playing video games? Well, China has decided it's three hours a week. Yeah. He <laughs> decided and imp- implemented a law. Uh-huh. Miners in China now can only play video games online between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. on Fridays, weekends, and public holidays starting September 1st. So you've got... The weekend between 8 and 9, that's all you're allowed to, to go online, play your Fortnite, your whatever, mm-hmm. in China. I'm not sure how they um, monitor that or enforce it, but uh, I think a lot of it is, is these online games where you're playing with people online that they're cracking down on. Yeah. Like Fortnite, like World of Warcraft, stuff like that. But if you have an old Sega Genesis or something in China, you'll probably still be able to plug that in and do a little Sonic the Hedgehog. Who knows? 
I hope so. Unless they're just activating the, the microchips that the vaccines have put in everybody's bodies. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no longer allows your thumbs to work. Unless it's unless it's video game time on the weekend. Yeah. I don't like this. I think this is none of the government's business, but this is why China's going to kick our butts in 50 years. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Truly, there's so many kids wasting potential playing video games all day. And uh, What yeah. about hand-eye coordination, Jim? I think three hours a week is enough to, to, to hone that skill. Right. This actually caused some video game companies' uh, stock prices to drop. Hmm. Because the online gaming community, a lot of it is that upsell stuff, right? You can buy your skins, you can oh, yeah, pay yeah. to get like content in the video games. And if you're only playing three hours a week, you're less likely to spend money in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of kids not playing video games, for sure. Don't really agree with everything that China does, but... Limiting the video game time? Yeah. Y- you like it? No, I don't personally. I think it's an uh, it's none of their business, but in the glo- like in the grand scheme of things, it's probably for the best. Like it'd be like cutting out alcohol, you know, from a society. Uh, you know, a lot of people who are who can't handle alcohol, their lives would be improved. But I don't think it's anybody's business who's drinking or who's playing video sure. games. Over here, all we're doing is drinking and playing video games. That's a Friday night for me. A Friday night between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. only, Jim, I hope. Chug, chug, chug. Yeah, imagine he did that for booze. <laughs> go, 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 People are only able to drink between 8 and 9 p.m. on Fridays, weekends, and public holidays. I'd be getting great sleeps. i tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, the sales in funnels would skyrocket. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? This is the climate changer. I thought I'd give you a th- thought of the day. What is it? Okay. Um, it says in, in Indonesia that uh, this has been going on for 250 million years, but major eruptions every 50 years. Okay. Okay. Um, it says around the active uh, volcanoes around the Ring of Fire in the Pacific. They said that there's minor eruptions, but major eruptions every 50 years. Are you getting it? Got it. We've been living on an infectious disease problem for every 50 years, and when you type in what diseases does a volcano cause, it causes infectious diseases. Okay, I don't really understand what you're saying here. Are you trying to say something about climate change, or are you saying that COVID came out of a volcano? You're right, Sacrajima. Got it. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I am the climate changer, and if you look it up in uh, volcanodiscovery.com, January 2012... Is where the tectonic plate started to crack open. All right. So you call yourself the climate changer. Does that mean you uh, believe in climate change, or no, you're I, you're? No, I sell trees. Oh, you're trying to change the climate for the better. You bet. All right. Got so, it. Uh, I sell trees, but I've still been researching this uh, COVID symptoms and everything since April 2020. Okay. So buy trees, plant trees. COVID came from a volcano. Anything else to wrap it up here? Have fun and rock on. (laughs) (laughs) See you later, climate changer. All right. Good energy there. Yeah, a lot of it. (laughs) There's a lot going on. I couldn't really really pick up one (laughs) piece he was talking about. 
Okay, came from a volcano. You know, you watch the movies. Volcanoes can cause some problems. Sure, I mean Scientology. That's where they. That's where the demons come out of the the volcanoes. Right. Mm-hmm. And climate change, like a volcano, could uh, melt some ice pretty good. Those volcanoes, underground volcanoes, start erupting in the Arctic. We're in trouble. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah. All those, all those creatures. Yeah, the aliens the that are yeah. frozen in the ice. The kraken. That that's a good way to get people on board. I don't think a lot of uh, a lot of climate change uh, advocates talk enough about the aliens that might be frozen in the ice mm-hmm. as it melts. The things, if you will, is that what you want, people? <laughs> yeah, you want a you want a, uh, a shift changing alien to to be living in your house just because you want your air conditioning? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You're thinking twice now, aren't you? Even if you don't believe in climate change, you're like, yeah, well, what if? (laughs) (laughs) I'll put it to 23 degrees on my thermostat. Oh, some wild weather out there, man, that's for sure. And uh, you had Hurricane Ida uh, touching down in Mississippi. MSNBC was reporting on the storm, and some guy drives up to where the guy's reporting on the storm. You know, they they send the guy right into the bad weather. He's got the microphone out. He's doing his thing. The belly of the beast. Some dude pulls up in his truck, gets out, and starts running towards the camera screaming, and this is what happened. The rain has stopped. The wind is still going there. I think we even have a random person going around. You know, I'm going to turn this way because, you know, we deal with some people every once in a while. But they did get some reports of some down power lines of some trees that have fallen or at least limbs that have fallen. So they're going to go ahead and do that survey to make sure that they're okay. Craig, I'm going to toss it back to you because we have a person who needs more help right now. Hey, 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 hey. We're going to check in with Shaq Brewster just to make sure all is well. Uh, there's a lot of crazy out there. A lot of crazy. <laughs> Shaq Brewster was the reporter. And boy, isn't it impressive how these guys keep their composure? I would not be able to do that in that situation. Oh, yeah. You know it's live, so he's got to be like, well, you know, some people. Just, yeah. He's like got to keep his his friendly reporter face on. <laughs> Shaq Brewster's just waiting for the guy to give the all clear. And he's like, what the hell are you doing, buddy? <laughs> The guy was screaming about uh, them not reporting what's going on with with Ida uh, accurately and something else. Maybe he was saying something about volcanoes. I don't know. I couldn't hear him completely. Maybe he said ash (laughs) instead of accurately, actually. It could have been a volcano thing. I don't know, but uh, kudos to that reporter for keeping it together. I want to see you peacock. Time for sports. We're joined by Devin Peacock from Global News Radio. Hey, Dev. Hey, guys. Yesterday on the show, we were talking about how it's it's possible, the rumors are swirling, that there's going to be a Heritage Classic outdoor game in the NHL in Hamilton, Ontario at Tim Hortons Field. They're saying uh, Leafs versus the Sabres, with Sabres having home ice advantage. Jim and I were very excited to hear this news, but here comes old Peacock to do a little poo pooing. <laughs> you're not you're not pumped. What's going on, dude? I am not pumped in any way, shape, or form. I and it's all the NHL's fault. I mean, this is something I should be pumped for. It's Toronto. It's Buffalo. Tim Hortons Field makes sense in terms of the size and pulling this off. It's just the NHL has done so many outdoor games over the years, it's just ho-hum. 
And quite frankly, like the outdoor games aren't exactly the best games. So this could be later on in the season. It could mean a lot to the Leafs because I'm a Leafs fan. And if they have to contend with the uh, elements in a really important game, just so the NHL can continue to tick off their outdoor games, I'm going to be upset. Hmm. Selfish. They've done, it too much. They've done it too much. Like they, they took a good thing and they ran it right into the ice. What yeah. if they just do it once a year? Because two times a year is too much because the novelty wears off. What if we've what, complained about it too, right, Jim? But well, in Lake Tahoe last year, they did it in like what late March, and their guys were going to fall into the lake. <laughs> we can't. It wasn't good. We can't take an Uber to Lake Tahoe. Is the thing? Yeah. <laughs> we were complaining about there being too many of these games as well until it was uh, in our backyard. Then we were like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> well, I mean, this is something that, you know, I've never been to an outdoor game. I would like to Well, how can you judge if you've never been? Because they've done it too often. It's just, I just don't, like, this is what the NHL does. They take something good and they just drive it right into the... Like, if they've done it once a year, that would be fine. But they don't do it once a year. They do it at least two or three times a year, and it's getting old. This will be a scalper's dream, though, if this happens. Sabres, Leafs in Hamilton, mm-hmm. outdoors. Y- you know tickets are going to be pretty hard to come by and very pricey, right? It makes too much sense for this not to happen. What is interesting, though, is this is, as you were saying, would be a home game for Buffalo, but it's going to be in Hamilton. And who knows what the border is like at this point. Like the Americans can come up here, so maybe that stays the same. Maybe it doesn't. But this could be a home game for Buffalo where it's really a home game for Toronto. Okay, well, I, I just want to say, if I get three tickets to this game, I am not going to offer you one now, Dev. Aww. You were on the list, but well, <laughs> why would I give it to the guy who's complaining about it, Jim? Yeah, I mean, can't you just hold two coffees for the entire game and warm up, Dev? <laughs> yeah, suck it up. Wear some mittens. It's not the cold, but hey, if I get to hang out with my, with my two buddies, I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but one of the highlights of the past couple of years, and there hasn't been a ton of them, was uh, the feel-good story about Dave Grohl and that little 10-year-old British girl, Mandy. Mm-hmm. They had a rivalry going where they were posting videos, playing drums, bit of a, an online drum battle that we were all following and, and writing songs for each other. Here, here's Nandy and the song that she wrote for Dave Grohl. Mr. Grohl, your song for me was true, true epic, but I think you get something special for you, and it's called Rock and Roll, the epic battle. And Dave Grohl wrote this one. It's just called Nandy, which is the young girl's name. Having some serious fun with it. Nandy doing Foo Fighters songs, challenging Dave uh, to to try and play songs that she liked. Dave was doing the same with her. They never met in person because of COVID, but that has changed. On the weekend, the Foo Fighters returned to the stage in Los Angeles, 
And Nandy was uh, front and center. She got to finally perform live with the band. Here's some audio. We've had the honor to jam with some pretty amazing people over the years. Maybe some Beatles, maybe some Stones, maybe some Pink Floyds. And some... Let me tell you something. This one right now takes the cake. That's all Nandy, too. Taylor sat the song out. Look out, buddy. Yeah. Taylor, the drummer of the Foo Fighters, sitting there. He thinks he's got one of his own kids on his lap, wanted to come out and watch Nandy uh, rock out. And she, like, perfect. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. Like, talk about talent. 10, 11 years old, and you can keep up with the Foo Fighters on stage. Impressive. Oh, it's wild. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder what you're doing wrong as a parent. <laughs> Why can't my kid drum like that? Oh, he's only five or six. Uh, Give him a couple more years. Yeah, he's still, he's still got five years. Still, <laughs> He needs to be at Nandy's level. But uh, great little video. And it kind of makes you wonder what's next for the Foos and Nandy. Hmm. Will she become a regular fixture with the band? It would be pretty cool if she did. see you, Peacock. Let's take a look at sports from Global News Radio. Devin Peacock joins us here. And Dev, uh, Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani got another dinger last night. He got uh, another dinger. He's up to 42 on the season. Vlad had uh, two of his own. He's now up to 38. The home run race is going into the stretch run, and that's the real race for the Blue Jays, unfortunately, because I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs. Yeah, battle of the Birds, and you got the Jays versus the Orioles, who are not a good team this season. Uh, they don't just need to beat the Orioles, though. they got to keep winning if they have any chance of making the playoffs. At the start of August, their chances of making the playoffs were about 48%, so they're pretty good. At the end of August, they're now down to less than 10%, at just over 7%. So they do technically, mathematically, have a shot to make the playoffs, and the team is being optimistic about that, as they would and should. But really what that means is, over the next 32, 33 games, if you want to count last night, which they did win, they have to go basically 25-8 and eight to make the playoffs. So they just have to have just n- almost nothing but wins. There is no room for error, and I just don't think they can pull it off. They've just le- left it too late in the season. What about next year? you think they can turn it around, or is this going to be for the next few seasons the Jays are just going to you know, have a couple great players like Vladdy, uh, but then not be able to do anything? Well, that's a, that's a good question because there is such a good opportunity for Toronto this season just because of the salary. So next year, you've got Marcus Simeon, who's a free agent. You've got Robbie Ray, who's a free agent. Pretty soon, they're going to have to start re-signing Teoscar Fernandez, who's going to want a big uh, dollar figure. They've got to extend Bo Bichette. They've got to extend Vlad Guerrero Jr. So this team is about to become very expensive very quickly. There is an Awesome opportunity this year to try and catch lightning in a bottle. Doesn't mean they can't do it next year, but it's going to be with a different squad. This whole team will not be back this year. I think it's going to be either Robbie Ray or Marcus Simeon who comes back. I don't think they can afford both. 
doesn't mean they'll fall off next year. I think they're going to continue to get better, especially if they can bolster their pitching staff. And their pitching has been good over the past month. So if the Jays don't make the playoffs this year, which I don't think they will, if I'm a Blue Jays fan, I'm still really excited for the future. Paul McCartney went to social media after the news of Charlie Watts, drummer for the Rolling Stones, came out last week, and he offered his condolences. Here's that. So sad to hear about Charlie Watts, the Stones drummer, dying. Um, He was a lovely guy, and um, I I knew he was ill, but I didn't know uh, he was this ill. So uh, lots of love to his family. Um, his wife and kids and his extended family and uh, condolences to the Stones. This would be a huge blow to them because Charlie was a rock um, and a fantastic drummer. Got to be tough, huh? For Paul? For Paul. For, for, for all the aging rockers when they start seeing their compadres go down. I mean, a guy whose paths you've crossed with, you know, for decades and decades, like Paul McCartney and Charlie Watts, I'm assuming run in the same circles. You would, yeah, you would think so. I know there's kind of a Rolling Stones-Beatles rivalry in the fans' mind. Who would you rather be? Yeah, that's, (laughs) Beatles are the Rolling Stones. But yeah, you would assume they were tight. They've been through, very few people have been through what they've been through. Exactly. If you want to chat about uh, your life experiences, there's uh, only a handful of guys that would be able to relate. And the Beatles and the Rolling Stones would be, you know, in a very, very select group Mm -hmm. of people who who know what it's like to be a a rock and roller in the 60s who has an epic career. Yeah. but uh, yeah, seventy nine years old McCartney. He's looking good, but you know what? Charlie was looking good back in twenty nineteen. Saw him at uh, Burles Creek mm-hmm. outside of Toronto, and he was stellar on the drums. Like it, it, he he played the drums like he was a twenty five year old. Yeah, yeah. I know it must have been said already, but Keith Richards always looks like he is the next one to go, and he's still going strong. Charlie Watts. Looked like the only one who drank water in the band. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he, he looked like the most hydrated Rolling For Stone. Sure. Absolutely. For sure. Oh man, it, you know it just can can happen so fast, and and it's it's sad to think about. But some of the biggest uh, rock and roll names are starting to leave us, and and it's a tough thing to experience uh, for fans. But just imagine what it's like for these guys who who are friends and family and bandmates, brothers. There's Paul McCartney on Charlie Watts. I went and saw Incubus players living in Kingston at the time and they were playing at, back then it was Cops Coliseum in Hamilton. My sister was going to McMaster and uh, I got tickets to the show and then my sister let me stay on, on the couch at the house she was renting. She was renting a house with a bunch of other gals and the one thing that stands out, every time I hear Incubus, I think of the bathroom in my sister's student rental. Hmm. If you want to see something absolutely disgusting, go look at a bathroom in a student rental with six girls living in the house. <laughs> oh my God, Jim. What was it? Hair in the sink or? Hair, uh, waste basket full of... 
Yeah, no. This, that, and the other. Sure, sure. Uh, you had about 900 different bottles of potions and lotions <laughs> and shampoos scattered about. Yeah. Just a dark, because you think, you think that women would be, you know, this might be a stereotype because women might be better at keeping a bathroom clean if they're living together. A bunch of guys may not care about that sort of thing, but no. Sure. When you're going to school and it's not your place and your roommate's not holding up their end of the cleaning schedule, you're not going to do someone else's chores for them. And that just snowballs to the point where there's a permanent black ring around the bathtub. (laughs) And something about the counters, something about the vanity or whatever. It's because there's so many, like you said, potions and lotions. A couple drips here from each one comes out and now there's like a whole film mm-hmm. a mystery film on the vanity that has like their long hair on it yeah the hair gets stuck yeah the wall in the shower looks like it's carpeted <laughs> <laughs> touch the furry walls <laughs> the furry wall in the shower the drain like he, he needs oh uh, he needs some serious chemicals to burn the hair out of the drain there <laughs> draino for days <laughs> Uh, memories of Incubus and McMaster University. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I guess they I, call that the Syncubus. I, I, the Syncubus, exactly. I, I think it was a good rock concert, too. <laughs> but when I think about it, the first thing that jumps in, I was oh, like, oh, I'm not a clean freak, but come on, Allie. <laughs> Get your friends to clean that bathroom. Uh-huh. Taz and GM, we just played some audio from a viral video of a school board meeting down in Virginia in the U.S. Somebody signed up some fake speakers to address the podium at this meeting, including uh, the old standard. Phil McCracken. Phil McCracken? <laughs> Phil McCracken? <laughs> we got a text message. Somebody didn't get one of the names, Jim? Yeah, they said, I still don't get the Don Kedick one. Don Kedick. Don Kedick. What you got to do is say it three times fast. <laughs> something, will, something will show up. Right. Yeah, that's probably the one that made me laugh the hardest because it took me a second, too. First time I heard it, I was like, Don Kedick? Oh, a normal one slipped in there. Like, oh, wait. Kedick does sound like it could be a legitimate last name. Yeah, almost like Keaton. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Don Imagine Kedick. you named your kid that and you didn't realize. I'm gonna, we're going to name our Mr. and Mrs. Kedick. What would you like to name <laughs> your child? We're going to go with Donald. Good one. Uh-huh. That shouldn't cause any problems in his life. Old Don. Uh, some more text messages coming in this morning. Uh, earlier in the show, talking about how when my sister was going to McMaster University, I once stayed at the house she was living in with four or five other girls, and the bathroom was disgusting. It still haunts me how gross that, that bathroom was. Mm-hmm. Uh, text message says, Taz and Jim, My wife still sticks her hair on the wall of the shower. I usually don't notice right away, and then I get freaked out when I accidentally touch it. (laughs) Like a creature. Yeah. Is that pretty standard? Sarah, do the the hair on the wall? Not on purpose. I can't really think of it. I think it's always on purpose. 
You think so? I thought it just like flew. Like, the shower pressure is so hot, hard, it just no. blows the hair back. No, they're combing their hair or something in there, washing their hair. They get it on their hand, and then they just... It's like people, like at the urinal here in, at work. Sometimes people will pick their nose and wipe it above the urinal. Most disgusting <laughs> thing ever. That is disgusting, because they probably go back for round two after they just touch the urinal. Ugh. And I think that's what women are doing with their long hair in the shower. I, I think it comes out in their hand or in a brush, and then they have nowhere else to put it. You know, they don't have any pockets. So, <laughs> so they just wipe it on the shower wall. Yeah, if you don't like it, you know you can sometimes like move it around and like maybe make a letter. Just write in their hair, gross, the word gross or something, and then when they show Leave up, them they a message. Yeah. Leave them a hair message on the wall. Yeah, if you Stop. don't start cleaning up your hair, I'm going to leave these... Passive-aggressive post-its <laughs> on the shower wall. Made out of your hair. That's gross. This is from Mike. Hey, guys, I spent some time as a cleaner at Huron College, including cleaning the dorms. Girls' bathrooms were the worst. Boys, everything else was the worst. <laughs> you never, ever want to clean out the drains in the men's showers, though. Horrifying. Huh. Yeah. Who do you think has has a filthier car? Not to get off topic, but do men or women have the have the grosser car? If you I'd say on average it would be men. What do you think? Um I don't know. I think it still might be women. Is it a gender thing or is it just some people are messy car people? That that might be it. I don't know. My car is usually messier than my wife's car. And she's got the kid stuff in there too, so like you'd think the kids would be making a bigger mess. But I just throw everything in the back seat, mm-hmm. kind of a storage closet back there. Yeah, I'm, I don't keep my car that clean, but I think my maybe my girlfriend just smells like we always transport the dogs in her SUV. So it's so just got a little you're more. You're saying dirt. Sarah's car is grosser than your a car? Li- I wouldn't call it gross, but it's a little dirtier than mine. Any hair on the windows? <laughs> just dog hair. Hey, Taz and Jim, what's going on? Hey guys, I just wanted to chime in on that uh, discussion about the uh, who keeps a car cleaner. Yeah. Yeah, no, man. Women are way worse. Women are, are worse mechanic? than men. Women are way worse for keeping their cars clean. Their cars are filthy. They don't care about their cars. Guys care about their cars. Some guys, but are you a mechanic or where are you pulling this these stats no, from? I'm just, I'm just pulling it from uh, observation of my wife and other people. <laughs> Casual observer. <laughs> My wife will keep, like, apple cores in the car. This is something that drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. That's She'll nice. have an apple core in, like, the cup holder rotting. and Or maybe orange peels. Yeah. Something. A little compost going. <laughs> like a little, <laughs> little mobile compost unit. I, I have more stuff like sweaters and hats yeah. and, you know. Old loose papers. Tupperware containers from, from my lunch bag in the backseat of my car. But she's got actual rotting... Food, And that's one thing you can throw out the window and not feel bad about is an apple core, right? Exactly. As far as, as litter goes, you know? You find a nice grassy shoulder. Sure. Nobody's around. There goes the apple core. Exactly. Not a big deal. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.